Hello, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Madness. I'm your host, James Roberts, founder and owner of Method. We are a growth agency who are hell-bent on unlocking companies' potential through creative and marketing techniques. Today, I am joined again by Paul and Jamie, mainly because we had so much fun in the previous two episodes that I invited them back. So they are here joining me in this episode. But before we jump on in, I just wanted to mention a couple of things, which is if you are new, then welcome. Make sure you give us a like, give us a bit of love around social media, and also make sure you follow the podcast so any new episodes drop straight in on your phone. Also, it's nice to have you on board. So it's not just our parents that are liking and sharing all of our content. We actually have some actual followers, which would be amazing. So today's episode, we are talking all about brand. So let's jump in with today's topic about branding, Jamie and Paul. Hello, welcome. Hey, James. Hi, James. So, Bran, let's start this off with, let's talk about some of our favorite brands. I think it's a nice way to do it. And then what we could do is also do, you know, maybe talk about what they're doing right and opportunities that we've kind of got to then apply their ethos maybe into some listeners' companies. So... Who wants to start us off? I'll jump in. So I'm going to talk about one of the big boys. Obviously, we'll all know Apple. Maybe a bit of an obvious choice, but I'm going to kind of jump back in time because everyone knows what Steve Jobs and his team did. But from a branding point of view, they kind of lit a generation because if you recast your mind back to if you're old enough, to when iPods and marketing campaigns used to have Think Different underneath Apple logo, it's a really interesting thing because everyone thought, oh, who's this? They're thinking differently. Like, what's that all about? Then they had various adverts. But then one of the things they did over time is they phased that wording out because their influence of the brand already made people think differently. When you walked into one of their stores or you unpackaged one of their products, when you used it for the first time, you thought differently. You were different. So they didn't need their wording anymore. And to me, like, that is the power of brand. It's connecting with people on such a level that you're influencing and connecting your beliefs as a business with your audiences. Yeah, I think what Apple did really, really well was they were a tech business that could have gone down the tech route of advertising that they did tech and they made amazing tech. But what they did was really sell you the, the dream, which is why now you get people camping outside the Apple store just before they release a new product. It's, it's not about necessarily the tech because they're actually sometimes behind a lot of other companies in terms of their, the technology they release, but what they've done through their brand is, you know, if you go back to, as you mentioned, the, the iPod, it wasn't around what, you know, how good the music quality was. It was around having, I think they said a thousand, probably more than that, but you know, 10,000 songs in your back pocket. That's what brought us in. That's what, what made us go, wow. Not the fact that they were talking about the tech, but in a way that we could relate to and we wanted and that made them uber cool. You know, it's a very hard thing to pull off. VW does a very, very similar thing where you, you know, you'll pay over the odds for something which maybe isn't as good as some other brands. I love Apple. Don't get me wrong. And I think that what they do is, is they do create these simpler processes, but yeah, that's what they created was this way of us 
buying into the product without being bamboozled by tech or any of that kind of detail that we didn't need to know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. They realized what their product was. They realized how smart it was, but they realized that their audience probably just wouldn't get that. They wouldn't be that impressed with kind of, oh, it's running this chip or it is having this iOS. Like you said, a thousand songs in your pocket. Now that's relatable. That's a story their audience could get on board with. I always remember one of Steve Jobs' great performances and he was introducing the iPod mini and he said, have you ever wondered what that little pocket is on the front of some jeans? And everyone can straight away go, yeah, what is that little pocket for on those jeans? And then he pulled out the iPod mini and straight away you go, genius. Just that's that's the brand. That's the the innovative thinking that then you transmit to your customer as soon as they pick up one. They go, I am different. I am a rebel. Yeah, yeah, love it. Paul, do you want to jump in with somebody? Yeah, so uh, rather than going for a uh, particular brand, um, I've gone for your automotive industry, cars. Now they've different eras of car. Obviously, technology moves forward. So more recently, we've seen, well, in the sort of the 90s and the 2000s, we saw sort of embossed, shiny logos that sort of caught your eye were shiny and new. But more recently, they've made them a lot simpler. They've got rid of some of the wording. They've got rid of the brand name. They've just got the logos now. Uh, they've also just using a flat color. So I mean, some of it just recently changed to Toyota. They've just got the circular T Volkswagen. It's very simple circle with a VW in. It's always been like that, but they've just made it a flat one color. Volvo, they got rid of their circle last year, the year before, I think it was, but they brought it back just as really simple circle and arrow. And Nissan, Seat, and BMW have all done the same. It's all nice flat colors, pretty simple, really easy to read. But I think the first company to do that really was Tesla in 2003. Now they've not changed their logo. In 2003, they just had the T with the little arc over the top of it with Tesla written underneath it as a flat red and they've kept with it. And obviously it's, it stood the test of time. 14 years later, everyone else is doing the same now. So very much the same as James was saying with Apple and Jamie, who are their sort of trailblazers, I suppose, with their cars, but also with their design that others have picked it up 15 years later. This happens a lot in industries, and I hadn't appreciated it within the cars. Now you've said it, I've got them all up on my screen, having a look through, and you're, you're absolutely right. It's it's something which happened with, with Hi-Fi's, was, was a brilliant one where a hi-fi color used to change. Obviously now it's completely changed. They, they live in our pockets or they're now pods on our, on our desktop, on our worktops and things like that. But we used to have uh, black then all of a sudden you had to have a silver hi-fi. Now the reason being, and, and you could go into the shops and they were all silver or they were all black before then. The reason they changed the color was because it made your black one look old. So you had to then go, oh, I can't, you know, how old's your hi-fi? Especially if you look at the demographics who were buying hi-fis, you know, your parents with their full stack that they might have had in the, their living room weren't that bothered, but the, you know, the kids were like, hang on a minute, can't have a black one anymore. The silver's cool. So there was nothing actually wrong. And this is half of the, the problem. There's nothing wrong with that old black hi-fi. A lot of the technology that was inside still was very, very similar, but you just felt it was old because of the black. So now you had the silver one that you had to have, I think. The same thing probably applies here where Tesla have come out with, you know, all of their tech and all of their amazing new advances that they've kind of put into cars. And all of a sudden it's making these older brands that have been around for a long, long time. It makes them look older. 
So you have to evaluate your brand to stay up with the competition, which is why they've all had to do it. They've all had to look at themselves and go, do you know what? We need to go with the trend. And within design, we all have trends. There are trends that go through. They suddenly appear from an industry and they're conned onto by other industries. And that then drives this movement through. We all used to have buttons with drop shadows. We used to always have the embossing, you know, talking about websites. Now all of that's disappeared and websites are flat. So having badges that were embossed, that were shiny, that had all of this chrome effect probably came from relating it to the actual badge. But now we live in such a digital world that just looks old fashioned and they can't have that, especially with a new kid on the block. So yeah, really, really interesting. Like you say, the, the logos now you get into a car and you see the logo on your steering wheel, but now you get into a car and you see the logo on the massive screen that's next to the dashboard and that's what pops up. So you want it to be modern. I think you're right with the technology. More noticeably than hi-fi was the TVs. You got this massive black TV in the, in the corner and then it changed to a silver TV. And there was a hideous moment in history where white was the color and it was white TVs and white hi-fis and everything. It just, it didn't look good. It's a bit like fashion. It comes around and around. And now obviously we're modern. You've got things like sky glass where you can choose one of six different colors that so you've got, is it the Samsung frame where you stick the TV on the wall and it just doesn't look like a TV. So yeah, it's fashion and it moves with the times. Whereas it, your brand has to do that as well. You can't be a modern design marketing agency with a 20, 25 year old logo, because it just doesn't look good if you're designing other companies' brands. That's, that is super interesting. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to jump in with one of my bombshell questions for the two of you guys. We're talking a lot, obviously about the colors, the logos, how they all feel. So obviously with these changing all the time, what's the core to brands? Because the vision doesn't change. The mission doesn't change and the values aren't really changing all the nice bits that are customer facing. What about the internal stuff? I think that the logo is just that it's a part of your brand. And it isn't your brand, exactly as you said. You have your messages, you have your ethos, you have your mission statement, what you want to achieve as an organization. Those, as we've mentioned on previous podcasts, they shouldn't change. You might tweak them, but your, you know, the end goals of what you want to achieve probably still stay the same. The way that you need to get there is focusing again. And we say this a lot as a common theme, but you need to concentrate on your consumers, on your customers. and what their needs are. And if they're all of a sudden buying the white TVs, if they're all of a sudden buying your, you know, Chrome hi-fis, then they need to either buy into the brand, which is why Apple going back to, to Apple, haven't changed their logo so much, you know, it's tweaked over the time because we've bought into them, not necessarily bought into a logo or bought into a design style. We have definitely bought into Apple, the brand. We understand what they want to do and we just, you know, almost love them. Well, it's like a friend, isn't it? Rather than a company. Like when you get on with someone, just one of your friends, it's probably because you share similar values or you like the same kind of things. It's like you said, it's building out that knowledge of your, we've said this before as well, that buyer persona, that knowledge of your audience and, and why they love you, why they connect with you. That's the core really. And that's why they'll stay longer. Yeah. I think using the car industry as an example with that is that 
I think he wants a new company car, James. I do. And if it's one of the next few that I mention, I'll be more than happy. Going back to that, we're going back to mentioning a load of brands. Like we haven't done a whole subject around branding. We had to mention a few more. Yeah. If it, if it works with socks, it works with Ferraris. So companies like Ferrari, Lamborghini and Porsche haven't gone down the lines of a flat logo. They've kept with maybe a slightly embossed logo or a bit more shiny logo or more of a 3D effect on them because and I think it's what James just mentioned is you buy into their brand like Apple. It's a premium brand. They don't need to wow you with their logo. You know what they stand for already. You know what quality you're going to get. It's expensive uh, and it's expensive for a reason. Well, it's one of those funny things, isn't it? There's that, there's that joke of why Lamborghini don't advertise on TV. And the answer is because their demographic aren't sitting around watching TV. Yeah, they'll be in a super glossy magazine somewhere. They might be listening to our podcast. This leads me quite nicely onto who I've picked. Now, I've picked a company called Tribe. You may or may not have heard of them. They essentially make protein bars or kind of plant protein, vegan, gluten-free type bars. Now, they're aimed very much at runners, at the runner kind of community, where you are getting, say, they do some active oats and things like that. So you're kind of getting this protein in a day. I found them because I wanted something that I could have as a snack throughout the day to kind of uh, top me up, if you like. We always get that little lull in the afternoon, and I didn't want to be reaching for, you know, some chocolate bars or something else. I wanted something which was a lot healthier. So I actually found them through their product, but then learning more about them, they actually have the Tribe Foundation. Now the Tribe Foundation, and I am reading this off their website just so I can get it right. They essentially started off in 2013. There were Tom, Guy and Bob who completed what the first run for love, where they did a thousand miles across Europe and it was all to fight child trafficking. So they were joined by a load of other runners. I think on that point, it was 250 runners that joined them to raise some money to help build up awareness around child trafficking, which, you know, is an amazing foundation. Now, I didn't know anything about that when I bought the Tribe bars. I think I'm right in saying when they were doing their runs, they were creating these kind of bars for themselves to keep them going. You know, it's a huge huge distances that they were kind of covering and they needed this protein and and all of the goodness to kind of keep them going. And then they suddenly realized, well, hang on a minute, if we make a product that we can push out to a market or a sector and then get their buy-in, which is exactly what happened to me. So I was in their demographic. I, you know, I, I try and run, I wouldn't say I'm a runner, but I found these bars because it was something that I needed. I didn't find them because of their foundation. Now, as a consequence, them selling their bars, they give some money from every bar into the foundation. So they are, as a byproduct, their goal is what we've been talking about here. Their, their kind of whole movement is to raise awareness for child trafficking. Now, they've obviously got their foundation set up. They've got their charity set up, which they are trying to get people involved in. So well worth a look while I'm talking about it. Their foundation is tribefreedomfoundation.com. So go and have a look at that. Um, but they are obviously trying to raise awareness about this issue. And as a byproduct, they realized that selling their bars was a good way to get to a, a sector to bring them in through something they wanted, through something they needed, but then educate them later, which I think is a super, super interesting idea that they've moved on from what their goal was or their mission is still there, but they've moved on in how they're getting that message out there. And they've actually created a product to drive that, to use the, the kind of enforcer. 
You guys heard of Tribe? What do you think of Tribe? Yeah, I, I think I tried one actually on one of our last content creation days and I didn't know the story either. And I think it's, again, it's going back to that connecting point. Like now you can connect with them on a different level, not just what the problem solves. And it's making you almost feel like you are part of the tribe. You are their community. Like we've heard community, whether it's in social media world, whether it's in the branding world, whether it's in every world and business now, it's it's what everyone wants. And I think those connect points are are so pivotal because like we mentioned before, it's that friend to friend rather than that big corporate to a buying customer. Just make sure that emotion gets involved and then you are connected and you're more likely to stay longer. You're looking at these brands who are trying to build like 100-year brands and you're seeing more of them. Obviously, a lot of them aren't there yet, but you look at some like Virgin or Apple or even your Microsofts, which aren't as riveting, but they have that loyalty. They have that emotional connection. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the tri bars were delicious. They are amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's interesting, I think as well, two points to come back to is one, they have got their product now in Cardo, Boots, Sainsbury's, Whole Foods, loads of different places. So, you know, you've probably seen their bar, which is interesting. So I don't think it's as easy to get a foundation or to get a message out there. It's certainly you wouldn't, you know, get into Sainsbury's or Boots or any of those if you were just a foundation. Yet now you've got that bar in front of so many different eyes. And then if you like the bar, like exactly like I did, I actually bought a few more off the website. I subscribed off the website. And then as part of that, they have two separate websites. One's for the bars and one is for their foundations, but they are interconnected. So when I was on the bars at the bottom, it was got, well, why are we doing this? This is why we're doing it. And what was really nice was I'd bought the bar because I liked it. And, and it was something, why else would you, would you buy them? But all of a sudden I got this fuzzy feeling because it was like, oh, and I've kind of helped something, which it's this amazing combination of I bought a good product and it is a good, good product. I've enjoyed it. Um, but I've almost got this reward as well, which was this kind of a little tap on the back to say, well, well done. You've done your, you've done your bit. And that felt good. And as a consequence, I've learned more about them. As a consequence from that, I've brought it up on a podcast. So it's, it's clearly doing the right message. A hundred percent. And I think before kind of any, like we look to wrap things up on this one, there's a quote by Maya Angelou, which says, people won't remember what you say. People won't remember what you do, but they will remember how you made them feel. And I think when it comes to branding, that's so apt. I think we try with being quite clever with their brand and marketing is that if you go into a shop and buy a tribe bar you're more likely to pop onto the website and buy a, a box of tribe bars whereas you go into a, a shop and buy a mars bar uh, i don't think i've ever been on the mars website and i've been eating mars products for i don't know 35 years there's the story behind it and you go and find the story because you like the brand like james says you've got this you've got their story into every major retailer in the country with, you know, okay, that they might've fought to get their product in there, but they fought to get their product in there, not a story. And going onto their website and buying a, a pack of 25 and then finding about the foundation, that's rewarding. Yeah. I think what's nice about everything we've picked is obviously, and just kind of wrap it all up is Apple knew it was going to be tech-based when they kind of started off, I think in, in, was it in the garage with Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, 
they kind of knew that it was going to be a computer that they were going to kind of create. It was very much in that, in that marketplace and, and they haven't moved away from that. They, that mean they're creating some amazing products. Why would they? They've obviously looked at other tech based cars. We're always kind of going to be cars. They're looking at different ways that they can, that they can transport people. But a lot of those, that car industry have always been a, uh, a car, not necessarily transport. I think a lot did come around. I think they were all apart from Lamborghini, there were obviously tractors first and Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty certain it was, it was Lamborghinis were, were tractors first before they started building cars. But essentially the cars, are, what's interesting about Tribe is that wasn't their goal. Their goal was to raise awareness for a problem. And then they went into, into the products. It's very similar to one of our clients in Remarkable, where they are very much eco thinking and reducing waste, reducing plastic waste. As a consequence of that, they sell stationery and they're known oddly for the stationery more than the background story around that because it's a way of getting to their, to their marketplace. Another one to check out actually is remarkable. They make some amazing products. And I think that's, what's really interesting around brand is how you can focus about getting your message out there in, in so many different ways. So thanks again, Jamie. Thanks again, Paul. Really enjoyed that. Let's make sure that we get our social medias out there. So we are obviously on Instagram, hello underscore method. We're on Twitter. We're obviously on Facebook. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. We're pretty much everywhere that you can try and find us. Make sure you're subscribing to a podcast, as I said, so it kind of pops up on your mobile phone. Make sure you share it so it's not just our parents that are liking it. And also feedback. Let us know what you think about it, what you'd like to hear next. And we can try and get any of those kind of comments back in the, into the podcast. We're getting some great feedback from you guys already. And we want to obviously build on that and create content that you guys are enjoy listening to. So until the next time, thank you very much. 